Vincent the Dude. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody from Freight Alley. Hey, college football started this weekend, dude. Yeah, you know, I was excited for that game in Dublin, but then I found out that uh, Splatoon oh. Fest was going on. Oh, so you... Spl- <laughs> well, I never played Splatoon before, okay. but um, I've been... Like, check this out in the background here. So th- right. this is the thing. This started at noon Eastern time here. and Sweet. I, you know, I got my two little boys out here, and this is yeah. a Nintendo-made game. And what they figured out here, and I don't know why it took me so long to find this, is, like, the perfect way to make, like, an all-ages, all-inclusive shooter because instead of trying to kill the other team, you're just trying to spread paint all over the territory. And at the end of the game, whoever has the most paint, and they're just, like, quick three-minute matches, Okay. You win the match. So we were playing that like all day Saturday cool. and then they turned it off. So we had to get Splatoon 2. Splatoon so what happened? What, if you get hit, you just fall down. Am I watching you get hit? You just fall yeah, down. Yeah, you, you like respawn the... if you get okay. painted on. But like ah, there's about bad. 120 right. different weapons and each weapon has like its main attack. Plus <laughs> you have sweet. two sub attacks and a special. Nice. It's a good time. Nice. So that's did what you I try do. The paint case. roller? Uh, I did try the paint roller. <laughs> it's a good one. I like the blaster too. You can do okay. sniping. So it's a lot like a shooter, except instead of having to kill people, you just paint the them with paint. I love it. That's very cool. Nintendo doing it brilliant. By the way, we mentioned that uh, Rammstein stage, right? That took 48 trucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a look at this. This was Rammstein going throughout the world. This was show motion showing this off right here. And again, as we told you, each one of those stages they put together, and they're going all over the world here, it's 48 trucks just to do the stage. That's not including the equipment or anything else like that. Wow. Look at that thing. I know. I love concert tour trucking. I wish we could get uh, some more guests on here just to to cover some of the... The coolest stuff that some I've seen. Some of those roadies. Opinion. I like to talk to some of the roadies, man. I bet they got some some stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, we were super excited because we thought it was going to be the Artemis launch today. In fact, yeah. one of our first guests is hanging out right there. Let's tip the band and we'll get to him so he Let's can get out of that uh, hot Florida sun. Search transportation thinks non-competes are stupid. Non-competes chase away good talent and stop talented people from joining the supply chain industry. Tear up your non-compete. It's not enforceable. Instead, email jobs at searchtranslation.com and do what? Hey, open up your own office tomorrow. Yeah, open up tomorrow. So we got Jeremy with us. Jeremy is over here in Cape Canaveral, Florida. He's standing in front of a sign that is frozen at 40. Jeremy Carrico, he is the general assignment reporter over here at Freightways. Thanks for joining us. I wish we were, uh, I wish we could be a little bit more excited. Yeah, me too. It was, it's a bright sunshiny day in central Florida. And as you can see, there is still a rocket behind me. <laughs> I know, uh, you know, we saw the 40 stuck there and we were watching you in the green room and we noticed it didn't count down or count up. I heard they said it's moved to Friday now, right? But they haven't adjusted the clock. Possibly. We don't know yet. There's a press briefing that's going to happen at 1 p.m. today. Uh, hopefully we'll find out. It could be as soon as Friday or this following Monday on Labor Day. And it could be as late as October. Wow. Oh, wow. So, Jeremy, for those non-NASA uh, uh, addicts like uh, Duner and myself, what happened to the launch? Why did they not shoot off? Was it weather? What, what, what was it? So, throughout the morning, there's been a ton of issues. Uh, a lot of us have been here since midnight. And at first, the first concern was weather. There's been passing thunderstorms all morning coming through. But it finally came down to one engine on the core stage. The core stage is made up of four RS-25 engines. Together, they, they can produce up to uh, 2 million pounds of thrust. Unfortunately, in order to start those engines, they have to be cooled down to a certain temperature. 
So launch control will cool it down by pushing propellant through the engine, so that way it gets us to that temperature. Uh, three of the engines were doing just fine, but engine number three was not seeing any fuel flow and therefore could not cool down and they struck the launch. Makes sense. I mean, even though it's unmanned, you know, like the Challenger, for example, you saw what happened with the oh, O-ring if you're yeah. old school like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened in the 80s. Um, engine, serious thing, big crack. And I guess that's that's the reason why it could get pushed all the way out to October. What is the vibe like out there? When we talked to NASA on Friday, when they were on the show, they said they were expecting half a million people in town for this event. Yeah, traffic here has been crazy. Sorry, the wind's blowing over my tripod. But traffic has been crazy. Some of the reporters won't even leave until a couple hours from now just to get out of here. But thousands of people have driven in from all over the country just to see this launch. Hopefully, they'll be able to stay through the week if we get a weekend launch or a Labor Day launch. But we'll see about that. Wow. Okay. So what? What um, are you getting any sense of the confidence level there at all? Do you have an Indian side at all? Or you just got the, the what everybody's hearing, maybe Friday, maybe this, maybe that. Is there any confidence level or anything? Well, we heard from an astronaut earlier today, and he said that it's 50-50. We just don't know. This is the space business. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Uh, it just mm. depends on the day. But he assured us that the engineers and the, and the launch controller team are working day in and day, day out just to get this to work. Uh, we'll see when that happens. It should happen eventually. Again, this vehicle would be flying for the very first time, so issues are bound to happen. They're learning about the rocket every single time they go and try to use it. That's true. Well, well, Jeremy, I was looking into your background, and it seems like this is almost a dream come true for you to be out here covering this event. What has you so excited about space right now and this launch to come? Well, it's the first time in about 60 years that NASA has attempted to go back to the moon. Obviously, I wasn't alive last time it happened, but just me being a young person to be able to see it here up close is an opportunity of a lifetime. And I can't believe that I'm down here, to be honest. Yeah, you know, some people would consider seeing you uh, live perform with your band, the Rooftop Brass Winds, to be a uh, once in a lifetime uh, opportunity. Is is that true? You have a band called the Rooftop Brass Winds? Sorry, I lost you for a second. Can you say that again? Uh, the <laughs> your band, the uh, a Rooftop Brass Winds. Is it is it true that you lead a band called that? Yes, I'm trying to at least. We're trying to get some more membership. But yeah, it's a, it's a band. It's all inclusive. And we're trying to get membership so that way we can generate revenue from performances to donate to local bands in the Atlanta area. Oh, wow. You guys ever all get together and play Splatoon? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> not. Not yet, at least. That's a good one, man. That'll, that'll bring them all together. Well, <laughs> Jeremy, aside from, aside from this launch, what's next on your assignments after this? I know it's going to tie you up for this week, but what, are you, what else are you covering with FreightWaves? You joined the team just recently from Flying Magazine. Well, I've been covering some of the uh, emerging technologies. The other day, I covered Atabotics, which is a, a sort of like a robotics company in freight. They're going to revolutionize uh, warehouse logistics. Um, so I'm, I'm on the emerging technology side of things, and it's, uh, it's a dream come true. I love this stuff. Well, beautiful. So are you going to be there for the next uh, five days, or are you waiting until NASA makes their decision, and then you'll make your decision from there? Well, I have to fly back so I can move into a new apartment on Wednesday. Uh, so uh, hopefully, if depending on what they say here at 1 p.m., uh, if they launch this weekend, hopefully I'll be able to come back down here. It's uh, unclear for now, but I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Oh, so uh, the next announcement is at 1 p.m., you said? <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So by the end of the show, you will know what's going on shortly after this show. Hey, Jeremy, I hope it's good news for you after this is over, and I hope you can get back out there and check it out. We'd like to get one, too. Maybe we'll go when uh, when they put people in there next time, Michael. Yeah, that'd be nice, man. All right, Jeremy, take it easy, man. Get out of that humidity. All right, thank you, guys. Take it easy. What the truck from space? From space? Yeah. First podcast up in space? Have they Never done know. Have they done one up there? I don't think so. All right, let's get to the headlines. All right, Alan Adler. He's got a new report for us. Guess who's buying Nikola stock again? Oh, uh. Man, been a not while. Trevor, not my man Trevor. Yeah, it's Trevor Milton. Now, <laughs> now the reports with this criminal fraud trial scheduled to start on September 12th. Nikola Corp founder Trevor Milton, he purchased 3 million shares of the electric truck maker stock, reversing a pattern where he had just been dumping these yeah. out of the boat for the past couple years. Ever since this uh, whole fiasco went down, the move, though, could be very profitable for Trevor Milton. He purchased the shares at 580 each. That stock price has been incredibly depressed as many stock prices yeah, have. Yeah, um, yeah. What else happened here? Uh, he, he got those on Wednesday. He sold 15 million shares in November for around $174 million. I think they're uh, quite a bit more expensive at that time. He voted in June, though, against a company proposal to raise capital by increasing the number of shares from 600 to $800 million. He didn't want to uh, dilute his own yeah, exactly. nugget, but no. they started this whole proxy fight with Nikola where they had to hire a solicitor to get enough votes to have that measure pass through, which did. And then finally, well, Milton decided to buy some stock due to it. It did. And that raises his uh, personal holdings to just over 51 million shares plus 1.25 million owned by his spouse. Uh, and he has an interest in another 39 million shares with co-own, which he co-owns with uh, Nikola CEO, Mark Russell. Uh, he's out free right now on a hundred million dollars, uh, bond. I don't know if I could, I could float a hundred million dollar bond. It's, well, if maybe if you stumped all your stock, like you did <laughs> leading guess. up to this, like that's how, I guess that's how we got it. What's weird though is like, it, it, it would seem like if you're being investigated for fraud, for like pumping and dumping something, yeah. like using the money from that to, I don't know, pay for your trade. It seems a little sus this, to me. Does that just make his, his, uh, his fine go up higher? And higher? Well, for those of you who are not familiar, the original indictment claimed that Nicola's false and misleading statements were some of these. He had, uh, it said, had early success in creating fully functional semi-truck prototype known as the Nicola One. That is the one that was rolled down a hill. Oh, moving um, under its own power. Engineered <laughs> and built on electric and hydrogen-powered pickup truck known as the Badger from the ground up, which never happened. Um, <sighs> was producing hydrogen and was doing so at a reduced cost, which didn't happen, had developed batteries and other important components in-house, which allegedly didn't happen, had claimed rever- had claimed reservations for the future delivery of Nicholas semi-trucks were binding, representing billions in revenue. Um, yeah. There's also a fourth count, allegedly built in. This is funny, though. So he wasn't just, like, defrauding investors and stuff. He was doing this wherever he went. Yeah. Even when he bought his ranch. Yeah. His uh, yeah. expensive, huge, like the biggest house <laughs> in Utah, he defrauded the owner by saying, you know, I'll give you X amount, but also take some of our stock and I'll open yeah, the window. Yeah, good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, and it was worth, I think it was worth like sixteen fifty at the time. Now it's worth five eighty. Now he is in trouble with that owner and the courts as well. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. What was your biggest letdown, the Badger or the water vehicle? Well, I wasn't interested in the Badger at all. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, you made got it the, in the uh, Tesla. Wave. Yeah, 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 nice yeah. to have a... I don't know, a plug-in yeah, jet ski? I think it would be cool. I love Runs it. off hydrogen? Could it yeah, just, like, yeah. fuel itself as it went? Oh, right. That would be like a Trevor Milton-type claim. Anyways, California Trucking Association, they're going to battle AB5. That's going back to court today, but uh, 
But in this story, you might not get too excited. John Kingston reports <laughs> in a joint report filed with the court by attorneys for both sides in advance of Monday's hearing. It was revealed the CTA plans to move forward for that preliminary injunction. CTA attorneys are also expected to ask the court to reconsider an earlier decision that dismissed a claim that AB5 was in conflict with the Dormant Commerce Clause, which has been defined as a bar states passing laws that burden interstate uh, commerce. Yeah, that's right. And separately, the state, as well as its Teamster co-defendants, will ask the court to reconsider the court's earlier decision on the F4A preemption claims, which ultimately became the basis for the injunction. Wait a minute, let me give you my surprised face. <laughs> that they're joining there. The court is also expected to take up a recent request by OIDA, the uh, owner-operator independent drivers association, to be allowed to be an intervener. I would guess as interveners, they would join CTA in this fight. Yeah, but here's the thing. No decision is going to be expected soon. The joint filing lays out a proposed schedule of briefs that won't end until early December. And regardless of what's decided, that would just push the case forward into at some point in next year. So... Still in that holding pattern this year if you're trying to figure out what to do with uh, AB5. If you figured out what to do, too, contact us. Let us know uh, yeah, let us what know. you're doing to get around it. We've heard a few interesting suggestions. Some I'm not sure would work, but good stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I heard someone wrote a song about it. Maybe. <laughs> Schneider Wright of Pride Driver has been named. Let's take a look at this right here. Grace Sharkey reports transportation logistics company Schneider named company driver Patrice Cook it's 2022 Ride of Pride Driver. The award began in 2001 when a shift manager and veteran at Freightliner proposed that the truck manufacturer work with its trucking company customers to honor the industry's military veteran drivers with custom-wrapped trucks that represent that driver's time in the military. Winners not only receive the custom cab, though, Michael Vincent, they yeah. also get... The uh, they also get to represent the trucking company at the annual Rolling Thunder Ride for Freedom and the annual Roots Across America in Washington. You know what else happens annually? We have Roots Across America on the show in our Christmas special. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's a huge honor talking to those those drivers that get to do that. The Rees of the Rees Across America since the beginning of the Ride of Pride program, Schneider has received more wrap trucks from Freightliner than any other national carrier. That would be 15. Ooh. That makes this year's award different from uh, Schneider's past 14 truckers or trucks was, well, Cook has become the first female driver to receive. What makes a difference? Yeah, Cook, she became yeah. the first female driver. That yeah, makes a difference, of course. Exactly. That's huge. She said, be she said being selected is so special. Well, you said that so naturally, Michael Vincent. Oh. We're celebrating this person. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you have any idea what we're talking about before we come on air? What I'm is the whole point of two hours before we do the show? All right. Oh, wow. Being selected is so special because it allows me to stay connected to the military, even though I'm not in uniform anymore. That's what she had to say. I'm looking forward to participating in events, being able to talk to other veterans and embody what it truly means to be a ride of pride driver. A little cowbell for her. A little cowbell for her. All right, man. Let's get to another guest over here. Speaking of reviews, I know I just gave your news segment right there a poor review but there's a gentleman <laughs> here at carrier source who's out to change it because you know what michael vincent most reviews tend to be negative right yeah like, i don't know about true. you when you go and write something online or i open my big mouth what do i usually do it's usually something negative right yeah yeah usually it seems to be, uh, be more entertaining that way a little skewed that way yeah well let's see what rob light has to think ceo and founder at carrier source he thinks it's kind of bs though that like carriers all the time they're just getting getting bad reviews we'll find out why I don't disagree what's going on rob not much. Thank you guys for having me on. It's it's an absolute honor to be here. Yeah, well, is, is that true about the reviews over here? Why do you think it's, it's so BS, some of the reviews that have been going on towards carriers? Well, there's largely only negative reviews that exist, as you mentioned, right? And those reviews directly impact their ability to 
you know, gain loads, work with brokerages, um, work with certain shippers. And so it just didn't seem fair that that this only negative um, opportunity existed for them. And so we created Carrier Source to change that a, a little bit and allow carriers to kind of take back the narrative and gain the positive recognition that they deserve. And so we'll collect reviews, both positive and negative, right? We don't want to spurn negative reviews if, if they're founded. Um, but really, we, we encourage brokers and shippers to go out there and, and help these carriers by writing review, you know, honest reviews so that they can, um, you know, use that to, to grow their business and, and drive new business. You know, he cut his teeth in customer service, Michael Vince, yes. starting out at Lou Minaltis, right? Yeah, Malnati's, yeah. I absolutely. had my, my first Malnati's back in 2019, too. It was good stuff. But it was the accidentally the wrong pizza. No, right? that was that wasn't at Minaltis. Oh, that wasn't Malnati's. No, Minaltis okay. wouldn't mess up something like that. Okay, that right. was the other. Place. Well, I mean, he wasn't there. That was the so other big could've. name one. That was oh, the other bit. Well, he might have been. Really? I don't know okay. he was there. What What should everyone know about order pizza in Chicago, though? It's very divisive in terms of of where you're ordering from. Um, if I'm a Lou Malnati's fan, I worked there. I was in that call center for a long time, taking those big catering orders. Um, but there are other deep dish, you know opportunities out there and and uh, it gets divisive people are passionate about their pizza here in chicago you can order lumonati's anywhere though they, they'll send you over some uh some frozen ones if you you want to order down in uh in chattanooga there oh yeah i've had flown in not lose it was the other ones we won't mention the name but i had it flown in before <laughs> also portillas will do that as well but you know what i'm interested in is how did you go from a customer service rep at lose to a software tech to Carrier advocate. Don't forget teaching Spanish to students. Oh yeah, either. we're teaching English to Spa students yes. in Sp in Spain. Yes. It's just, I mean, it's Collective. a strange career path, right? Well, we'll find out. Yes, the we whole will. thing's a little strange. Yeah, after uh, after I graduated school, I went over to Spain for a couple years and and taught English there, which was fantastic and amazing. And there are days where I wake up and I wonder, what am I doing here? You know, I could be over there, but. Um, I, uh, I kind of stumbled around for a little while and I, I got the job at Lose through some connections I had there. Um, and after about a year of that, I, I started looking for what else was out there. And I really wanted to um, write was my original passion. And I studied creative writing in college. And um, I ended up applying to G2 as a content specialist at that time. And, and um, what I was hoping was uh, you know going to be a lot of blog writing or some interesting writing opportunities turned into building these reports of software based on reviews from, from software users that could then help other buyers of software make their decisions, right? And so um, I was really fortunate that they took a chance on me having no tech background. And um, I got to be an early employee there. And, and there was only about 25 people when I joined. Um, I left G2 almost five years later. There was nearly 500 employees. And, and so I got to watch a startup scale. And, and what I really learned was the power of reviews and, and how it does change opinions and, and how it can really inform really important decisions, right? We use reviews every day when we're buying something on Amazon or um, reviewing a, an Uber driver, right? Um, but in, in B2B, there was no real real source of, of truth when it came to reviews for software. And, and I feel very similarly when it comes to booking freight, right? It's, it's a much more uh, important decision where you're going to put your customer's freight. And so um, being informed by reviews and, and making informed decisions with them, I, I just learned was so powerful. 
Yeah, I was looking up some stats on reviews as you bring it up, just mm. to look at my theory if most happen to be negative and how biased we are as humans towards that. And I saw a study recently that 70% of buyers, now this is retail, but 70% of buyers look at reviews and of those 65 of those 65% want four stars or better, Michael Vince, when wow. making that choice. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. If it's if it if there's one that's better than four, I'm that one. Yeah. Yeah. Over the over the other ones. So when you think of that, when you think of the way we consume reviews and think about reviews right now, how do you apply that to carriers? Well, people are compelled to write reviews for a few different reasons, right? They either had a wonderful experience and they're going to go out and really tout that that carrier for, for doing an awesome job. Maybe they didn't have such a good experience and they're going to feel so compelled to go out and, and write a review as well. But really... We feel that volume kind of solves any inconsistencies with that, right? If you get one negative review, but you've got nine positive reviews, that's really trustworthy, right? Because mm -hmm. things don't always go right. There are going to be negative instances. And, and so, um, you know, it, it's, it's more so about building trust amongst uh, carriers and, and customers. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a few different ways to look at it, but, but at times you, you go to certain it happens with Amazon too. You look at certain pages and they have 15 five-star reviews. You, it's a little suspect, right? And so um, kind of feel similarly with, with the logistics space too. And, and if you have one negative review and, and nine positive, that feels better than having 10 positive, for example. So um, it's, it's interesting, you know, we, we do tend to have these biases when we're when we're writing reviews or, or, or even reading reviews, right? But I think at the end of the day, volume kind of um, allows the cream to rise to the top. Yeah, it does. You know, being in logistics for a long time, I'm sure Dooner uh, had the same experience. It seemed like if the phone didn't ring, that was like the best compliment you got that day, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just like no call at all. How do you guys, uh, how, how, how do you solicit reviews for, for, for carries? Is it difficult to get those? Because like you said, if everything goes fine, most people don't, don't do anything. They either complain when it's awesome yeah. or when it's crappy. And usually more so when it's crappy, in my experience, I agree with Dooner. It's usually negative. How do you guys solicit those reviews? Yeah, and so that was kind of the biggest uh, learning early on with starting Carrier Source at at, at G two. Um, people didn't have any reason to hide, you know, information about the software that they were using, right? And and in this world, brokers do tend to keep a lot of their carrier information kind of, you know, guarded and and close to the to the chest. And so, um, you know, we we do do a, a whole slew of outreach. We are actively reaching out to brokers and shippers and asking them to write reviews of the carriers that they've worked with. Um, we will incentivize some reviews. So we do give away $5 and, and we are right now, we're giving away $5 gift cards for any broker or shipper who comes in and writes a review of a carrier that they've worked with. Um, and, you know, we don't, we don't care if they're positive or negative at the end of the day, right? When we're giving away these gift cards, we just want you to share your honest feedback with, with the carriers, you know, about the carriers that you've worked with. And um, we really do feel that by providing this information more widely throughout the industry. It does help to build trust at the end of the day. It helps to um, provide a little bit more transparency into a, uh, uh, you know, an industry that, that might not have a ton of it. Yeah, well, when you, when you look at these reviews that have come in so far, like how many have you received and what are you seeing out of, the, out of what's been submitted so far? Yeah, so we just crossed the 10,000 review milestone, which is we were very excited about. Um, and we're ramping that up pretty quickly here. So, so we should be hitting some more milestones soon as well. 
Um, but honestly, largely they've been positive reviews. I, I, you know, when I first started talking to brokers about you know, what would compel them to write a review, and it was often if if they had a really bad experience with a the carrier, they would they would let people know, right? And so um, I was a little worried that it would become somewhat of a, a complaint box or a, a place to kind of take out frustration. Um, but that really hasn't been the case. It's it's really largely positive reviews, which is exciting and, and great for the industry, I think, because there is plenty of other feedback mechanisms out there that exist that that highlight negative you know experiences with carriers. But but we really do hope that um, we can help the the good carriers gain that recognition and and uh, allow them to kind of put their best foot forward and and tell their story. So, Rob, when you're out there, when you're looking at these reviews, have any come to mind where somebody went, hey, check this one out. Look at how crazy this review is, good or bad. What's the craziest? <laughs> of course. Yeah, we've gotten plenty of those, uh, you know, over the, the past couple of years. And, um, you know, we, we do have uh, a pretty good moderation system. We, we actually still read 100 percent of reviews. We, ha- we have a human read them and, and uh, you know, we have a small team. And so, yes, word gets around quickly if, if somebody's got a a crazy one that comes through. There's a lot of uh, all caps out there and uh, you can yeah. kind of tell some tone quickly when you're, when you're reading some of these. So do you have like a secret wall of, wall of shame or, or maybe a public wall of shame or a private <laughs> wall of shame for some, like I, when I used to do A&R for a record label, right? We would have like the certain demos we put in. Yeah, now yeah, we yeah. would like shame them to everyone out there, but like they would go around the On office. The internal some of these demo was, CDs that yeah. we would receive, people would hear them. Yeah. You know, so we, uh, we do ask for for proof in some capacity. We don't require it, but but if you can send over a screenshot of a redacted rate confirmation or some inter, you know, email correspondence that you had with the carrier, that way we can va- validate that you actually worked with them. Um, but because you can just upload any screenshot, we do have some that are kind of crazy, and there's some you know road rage incidents or something like that with people taking. <laughs> taking photos of, you know, somebody on the road and, uh, yeah, there's some, some that aren't so savory. And so, yeah, we do have a couple saved that, that we could probably pull up. Do you guys judge any of them to, for validity? I mean, past the fact that they actually used that carrier, there was an action that happened, you know, on 411 or whatever, you read a lot of those and it's quite obvious on some of those reports, there's just a miscommunication that was going on, right. Or a language barrier or something. Do you guys look that and kind of weed out some of those that are kind of like, yeah, it's kind of bogus. You know, if if the reviewer themselves is legit, right? We do do a little background research on the reviewer yeah. too. We got to make sure that um, they're a real broker, that this isn't a review from a competitor or a former employee that's disgruntled or something like that. Um, but when it comes to the the, the content of it, kind of like I said earlier, that the cream rises. So if you do get that one frustrated, you know, miscommunication incident. Um, we hope that that's okay. And, and at the end of the day, if you're a good carrier, those, those nine other reviews or, or however many other good reviews you're going to get are going to bury that one negative experience that one person might have had due to some not so serious circumstances. Um, but we do not kind of screen for anything like that. We really want to remain you know, unbiased and, and third party and, and partial to anybody who's going to leave any feedback there. It brings up an interesting point, though, because there's a lot of times you'll read like on Yelp, right? Yelp, Yelp for carriers, but like you go on Yelp to read it for super cuts or something. Sure. There'll always be like a person who leaves a review like 
one star showed like and then you read the review and you find out they showed up 10 minutes late and yeah, like someone yeah. gave their chair away so they had to wait and it's like this was 100 percent your fault yet you're leaving yeah. that one star there yeah exactly their name was karen or something yeah like that, right <laughs> so well, rob what else goes on like with with the business is it all just reviews or, or how does this whole thing come together yeah, so along those lines, we do allow carriers to respond, and all of our pages are public. So if you're Googling any carrier's name, you know you may be able to find their carrier source profile page. You could come, you can you can read those reviews and, and check out if um, they did respond to them. And and you know a bad review is such a good opportunity for good customer service too. If you can respond to it, if you can kind of take the high road a little bit and either apologize for an incident that that may not really even be your fault, but, um, you know, you're, you're kind of being dinged publicly for it. That response is more powerful than the review itself, in my opinion. So um, we do allow to rebuttal. It's not a forum. You can't go back and forth. We don't want it to be kind of that sort of setting. But that one response is a big opportunity for carriers, too. Um, but these profile page pages host a, a whole slew of information too. So it's free for carriers to come in and claim their profiles on Carrier Source. Mm -hmm. Every active freight carrier has a profile page, and they can update some more information about themselves too. So they could write a description of their business. They can input what type of equipment they have, what type of shipments they run, um, preferred regions or lanes or states that they want to service. Um, and it's a great opportunity to market themselves. And, and all, all the things I just mentioned there are free. Um, we do have some premium upgradable opportunities for increased marketing, marketing, advertising throughout the platform. Um, but our goal is really to allow carriers to kind of tell their their story and share with the world the the services that they can provide. And and we think reviews can be a huge driver of of positive online reputation too. So you know, we hope that uh, carriers will take advantage of that. Yeah, I like the positive nature of it. You guys have only been around for, what, like three years, right? And maybe this is early for this question, but what's on the horizon? What's next? What are you guys developing? Are you are you moving forward? You're not sitting still, right? No, no. And so for a, for a long time, you know, we, we launched live in November of 2020, but it was myself and an outsourced engineer. And, and um, you know, growth was was slow. It was largely organic. We were doing really well when it came to to site traffic. And so that converted a lot of brokers and carriers to signing up, um, raised a small funding round back in February, grew the team from, from myself and the outsource engineer to now four full-time employees, all former, uh, employees of G2 as well. So, so colleagues that I've had a, a great pleasure to work with, um, and are really good at what they do. And so we're releasing a, a few new things on the horizon here. Uh, one's going to kind of be a premium brokerage service where, Carrier sales reps can more effectively and efficiently and quickly prospect for carriers, whether that's looking to quickly vet a carrier, see if they have any reviews, um, or to entirely source you know, new capacity, find carriers they want to build relationships with. So mm -hmm. um, we'll be adding that here as well. But um, lots of things to come on the carrier side, too, when it comes to the, the marketing functionality. Nice. Well, hey, I want to give a shout out to Clara on your team, too. She put uh, she said your office has some puns that go around that were inspired by what the truck and Vincent, I'll let you judge these. So okay. a few of them were any new features released get uh, new features. Ooh, number that's, one, that's good. tired at the end of the day, you're exhausted. Where do uh, we want carriers back in the driver's seat of their story? Uh, Trucking is America's most trafficked industry. Mm. We carrier about carriers. Meh. 
Yeah, yeah, a little, a little rough. Mm. Uh, it was freight that we all met, like it was fate. Yeah, I, I'm going with. Uh, I love the new fleetures that you're uh, bringing up that you guys are working on right now. I'm into that one. That's all my right. favorite. Send them to the wheel of stupid questions oh, before we it. send them home. What do we got? <laughs> it is, brother. We're, okay, here you go. What? Uh, which is the better Chicago movie, Child's Play One or Poltergeist Three? Child's Play One. Of course. There you go. Of course. Easy choice. Easy I mean, choice. It's got a one in the title. The other one's got a three. It's got to be the better movie, right? Exactly. Poltergeist <laughs> movies are cursed. Those, those Poltergeist movies are cursed. You know, like the girl in there, like a lot of people died that were in those films. <sighs> yeah. That's not good. It's not right, good. Where do people go to learn more about Carrier Source? Yeah, you can head to carriersource.io, right? It's free to sign up. It's free to check out all the information on all the carriers. Um, we're also giving away $5 for anybody who who writes a review. And I also heard that um, if you write 10 reviews, you, you'll get a $50 gift card instead of that $5 gift card. What? Wow. I'm going to start writing my Wait, isn't, wouldn't that be the same as writing? Wait, hold on. Five, 10 times 5 is 50. That would be like the same thing. I'm not a math guy. I'm just a review okay. guy, you know? So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Jeremy, our, our pen, not a calculator. you know Jeremy is covering the art of his launch? He said the reason he's doing that and not a mechanical engineer is because he's not good at math. But he wanted to be, like, working on the spaceship. Oh, okay. His original wow. goal. Him, too. That's why he's not there. Well, you could just write yeah. reviews. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you to you and the team. Thank you so much. Take care. Peace. Thanks, Rob. All right. Search Transformation thinks non-competes are stupid. Non-competes chase away good, talented, and stop talented people from joining the supply chain industry. Tear up your non-compete. It's not enforceable. Instead, email jobs at searchtranslation.com. And do what, Michael Vincent? Open your own office tomorrow. History lesson. For over 35 years, Fleetworthy Solutions has provided a single source of solutions to help monitor and manage DOT compliance while mitigating risks for private and for hire carriers. With advanced technologies and exceptional client services, Fleetworthy becomes an extension of your team to make your company go Beyond compliant. I like it. All right. Mary O'Connell. First time on the show, I think. Freight broker, yeah. 3PL expert over here at Freightways. Does a little show called Check Call. Writes a newsletter called Check Call. He's always checking calls. Let's check her call right Checks now. All kinds of calls. Mary, what's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? Mary, where, where, are you, uh, where are you based out of? We got Florida so far today. I... We had Georgia via Florida. Yeah. We had Chicago. Yes, right. Oh, God. Um, I am based out of St. Louis, Missouri. Wow. You ever see, uh, you ever see that guy, Trey Griggs walking around on the street? I've not, no, haven't run into him yet. I think we might walk on different streets though. Smart move. Smart move. <laughs> oh, when I, I go on the other side when I see him too. I go understand. the other way. <laughs> now, before you got all into this world of freight and spent years working in LTL in a past life, you worked at Ikea as a certified kitchen specialist. Tell us, Mary, how does one go about, like, what is your, your, your advice to buying kitchens at Ikea? Um, it's actually not as, okay. It sounds weird because you have to build your kitchen cabinets and then you have to hang them on the wall. So first of all, if you can pay someone to assemble them, absolutely do that because that'll save you a week of your life. If you can't highly recommend buying a couple bottles of wine, putting a good series up on the TV and just, you know, spend a lot of time building cabinets. It's really not that bad. You'll just get real intimate with those, uh, with those instructions that don't have words. You'll just understand the Ikea man very well. So the official Ikea stance is you should get drunk before building your cabinets. 
Is that right? That's not the official IKEA oh, okay. stance. I've just known from people who have come in, uh, it has saved many <laughs> marriages gosh. to have a couple bottles of wine after you put the kids down. Um, turns out that makes wives less likely to throw a wrench or a screw at their husbands. Yes, this <laughs> happened around, like in 2011, my wife and I, we had this big gigantic like bureau like you could slide the doors over it's like if you yeah. don't have a closet room you buy this thing and it's got mirrors on it yeah, yeah, yeah and we had a puppy coming the next morning so we were up to like i i was up to like five in the morning <laughs> she was up to like 12 and i'm like or to like one or two and i was like you gotta drive to get us tomorrow i will figure i will just stay up as late as possible yeah to, to do it it is frustrating good all advice yeah, what is the most ikea work you've done in a day Wow. I, I'm, I'm trying to think, I mean, it, you know, putting together, I had a desk once that I had to put together that took me forever, <laughs> but the worst thing was actually a dollhouse. I had like a five foot high dollhouse that took forever. They make dollhouses at Ikea? No, but it's Ikea-ish putting stuff together. I don't buy Ikea. Stuff. It's probably one of those put together ones. Yeah. 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 I guess so. And then you're going to complain about your Legos and stuff too. Can you just stick to the question, Michael Vincent? Okay. Well, None. let's talk about something you know about LTL. How about LTL? Let's do that. How about let's LTL? Talk about Mary, it. you know LTL, right? I do. I know a thing or two about LTL. Yeah. I didn't want to know a thing or two about LTL, but <laughs> turns out once you know LTL, everybody just says, oh, you're the LTL person now. There's no getting out of it. Just like transportation. All right. Well, talk <laughs> exactly. to me like I'm a shipper and I only use FTL, but this holiday peak season, my goods aren't moving as much. I got to send out some LTL. I want to get that moving. What do I need to know? Uh, basically you just need to look up what your, um, what you're shipping. So if you're a shipper that ships, I don't know, retail goods, it's probably going to be a pretty standard NMFC. It's going to fit real nice into a box. You shrink wrap it, you're on the way. But if you're shipping like swing sets or something awkward and weird, that's going to be fun. Um, and you're definitely going to want to call a carrier that is reliable and specializes in oversized equipment and work with them to figure out how you should best package your stuff. So that way they don't damage it. And also, um, where, you know, you aren't getting charged out the yin yang for, um, basically having the most awkward and heavy thing to ship ever. Yeah, articles of extreme configuration, in other words, can be very, 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 very ugly. What kind uh, of mistakes do people make when doing that? You two are the experts. I'm just going to be the moron right here. The, the biggest, well, I mean, there's two kinds that I see. One <laughs> yeah. is, one is well, close enough or, uh, <laughs> and, right? And then the other is, is really there's those that, that try and play the game. The very, very, very smart ones try and misclassify on purpose to slide things through how about you mary oh uh the misclassification i can't even tell you how many times someone's been like no it's really like a class 50 no it's 77.5 like get it together like everyone's agreed on it and then they're like well it should be this class and when the carrier re-rates it um and basically reissues them an invoice at the correct class they're like well that's not it shouldn't be that expensive this isn't this the carrier doesn't know what they're talking about and i'm like right the person who literally moves freight every day has no idea how to classify freight now sometimes i will admit carriers are wrong they aren't the greatest but sometimes shippers are like i ship solid gold and it should never be questioned at all um and like michael was saying there's um so many that just try to pull one over and try to be quick on it or they're just or they make the mistake of not knowing how to ship anything at all and they're just like eh, throw it on the truck it'll be fine now nah, baby you want to shrink wrap that because otherwise if you just throw that on that truck it's gonna get lost and you ain't never gonna see it again 
People are very nonchalant about their their supply chain. That's yeah. one thing I noticed, not just when I was selling freight, but also when I was now I wasn't classifying LTL shipments. I was I worked in global trade, so I was doing I was classifying custom shipments with HTS codes. Mm. And so many times they would just be like, whatever the factory in China sent. And I'm like, they sent a tariff number from eight years ago and it doesn't even <laughs> match what you're sending yeah. over. Yeah. So no, I can't do that. Yeah. You might get audited, and I especially can't do it now that you just told me the customs broke. Now you're ignorant to the process. Yeah. And one of the but how about is, this? But what about, hold on, I got a question for you. Go like, you mentioned that the, the negative side, right? Of yeah. people doing this on purpose. But sure. aren't there people who misclassify their freight and end up spending more money just because they don't know what they're doing and they're getting taken advantage of by yeah, and a that's one of the, carrier? That's right. And that's one of the things LTL carriers make a mistake on. Uh, if you want to uh, reply to that, Mary, I, I can as well. But go ahead. Yeah, they, uh, there's so many times that you'll get an RFP for a customer and you'll go through and look at their product and you'll say, okay, well, why are you classifying it way higher than it needs to be? You can just get away with this at a class 50. And they're like, what? What does that matter? It doesn't like, it's just a class, toss it on the truck. And we're like, no, you're literally leaving hundreds of dollars on the table per invoice that you ship. And if you don't ship very often, it might not be that much of a cost savings. But for some of your carriers that ship or some of your customers that ship two or three loads a week, minimum, that's already like $300 a week that you're saving by just classifying something correctly. And so that's why when you reach out to your 3PL or your um, freight brokerage, they should know the answers to that. They should know how to verify that you are classed appropriately or LTL carrier. And if not, they should be able to help you out and make sure that they can get you the right information. Yeah. And, and Mary, it's really easy for a shipper to go out to the carrier and get it in their contract, what their classification is to prevent people from misclassifying. Mm -hmm. Because once you contract the classification, whether it's FAK or not, which a lot of FAK is, is just a bogus tool for, uh, you know, saving, saving pricing. But once you get it in there, you don't have to worry about that misclassification. It's a pretty easy step. Call up Mary, your sales rep, come out here. Hey, verify what this is and write it into your contract, right? Yep. We used to do that all the time. Any, we would literally say, give us all the products that you shift shipped. They would give us the like internal item code. So anytime you saw it on a BOL, immediately it would stick that class on it. Everyone was on board with it. The carriers got that. And only that when the RFP came, the shippers knew as long as this item code was on there, that's what it was going to get classed at. And it saved so many headaches for not only carriers, but on the shipping and the billing side as well. Cause that way you don't have to sit there and fight with carriers incessantly all day telling them that, no, it should actually be this classification. Yeah. Cause they're going to call for and collect and they're going to try and collect on yeah. that, on that, that so classification. Change. Then how does, so the, you, you need the classification and that goes into the pricing. So how is the pricing structure different than what I'm used to in full truckload? So LTL pricing, uh, take everything you know about full truckload and turn it upside down. And that's LTL pricing. So LTL pricing is based off of the hundred weight of the, so you basically, if you have something that's like a thousand pounds, you'd break it down to your hundred weight, which is just a thousand divided by hundreds of 10. Yeah. Sorry. Math in the brain, not always fun. Um, <laughs> so you just base it off your hundred weight and then your classification and, um, LTL pricing is something really cool and confusing called a rate base. And depending on your customer, your carrier, all that pairing will determine which of like 50 rate bases you can use. Cause each carrier has their own rate base. There's also, um, the overall like generally accepted, um, czar 2000 rate mm. base. Like it's just all over you. That's why your LTL pricing contract is so important that everyone knows what 
FAK structure you're using, what rate base you're using, what fuel schedule you're using, as well as what accessorials are mitigated, because um, that will basically determine if your invoice rates correctly or if you are just stuck in invoice hell, going incessantly banging your head against a wall trying to get someone to listen and correct an invoice. Yeah, incredibly complicated pricing is what it is. You mentioned the accessorials. Yeah, so how do those factor in, Michael Vincent? Where am I seeing that? Because those are usually in freight, a lot of times sticker shock for people because they, are. they get their sort of base rate quote and they go, okay, it was 1200 And then it's, it could almost be double at times, like in LCL freight, when you have, mm-hmm. especially a smaller shipment, then you add all these things on. What kind of fees get tacked on? Uh, lift gate, no dock, uh, appointment times, uh, a lot of times residential. You know, if it's... I've seen where carriers have argued that a place is a residential because of zoning laws. It actually has a dock, but they'll pull out the zoning laws and say, well, it's not zoned and uh, different things like that. So accessorials very much, if you know what your destinations are going to be, you can get rid of those, maybe give up a couple percentage points on a discount in order to waive all the different accessorials to prove because only 50% have docks, some don't, that type of stuff. That's what the FAK was for in the beginning. Wow. Anything to add to that, Mary? make it easier. Um, that just know that's where like when the customer sends over that data set, you have to know what accessorials they get charged the most, because if you have someone that has like 500 million residential deliveries a year, you're going to want to mitigate that accessorial because I think standard residential delivery is up in like the $70 per shipment across most of the carriers now. So if you can get that bad boy down to even 50 or lower, a lot of LTL carriers now aren't really budging on their accessorials. It's pretty hard to get them to agree to waive one entirely like corrected BOL, which used to be something that was pretty standard waived. Same with like reways. Um, but yeah, like you, like you said, it's a matter of, even if you have to sacrifice a couple points on that discount, because, um, Oh, by the way, after your rate base, you also have discounts that you apply to yeah. your LTL pricing. So like I said, take everything you know about full truckload and just turn it upside down. And that's basically LTL pricing. You know, if you have, Never audited your freight. Now's a good time to do it. Yeah. Uh, when sure. is a good time to do it with LTL though? Let's like let's say you 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 right now you're doing an annual, right? You've been doing LTL for a while. How often should you be checking into these classifications and make sure you're being charged and, and the routing and all that is is working in your favor? So we actually did it daily. So one of my jobs that I did that I inherited was edit was auditing. So any invoice that came in didn't match what it was supposed to be. I would then investigate it, see what it was. And then we would send it out to the customer once a week to be batched for payment. But we actually had a pre-audit team. So basically they would um, take the LTL shipment that they would get and look at it, see all the charges, like the you know how sometimes a carrier will put like an early invoice on their website that you can go in and look at. They would look at that, compare it to what was in the system. If it matched, cool. It went on to billing. So that way it just got paid faster. And if it didn't, at that point in time, our pre-audit team would sit there and contact the carrier and start getting that process taken care of. Once we started doing that, we actually were able to take the cost savings. I want to say we saved a couple thousand dollars a month just for one carrier that shipped or not for one carrier for one customer that shipped pretty heavily. We were able to save them just thousands of dollars. Like you were saying in something simple as residential invoice, I literally walked up to a girl one day and I was like, why do you have this random farm 
in Minnesota up on your screen. And she's like, I'm verifying if it's a residential or not. She goes, and right there is a dock with a warehouse. So no lift gate charge and no residential delivery. I'm denying all of them. And I was like, you need to find better hobbies, but we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Google earth became a, a big tool. <laughs> well, look, yeah. look, if, if you're a shipper, these services are out here. If you don't have the internal team and I know from selling freight, a lot don't, a lot of, a lot of shipping departments on, on, on big, pretty big companies. You'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. They, they have like one person working in the warehouse, all this stuff. Yeah. They're definitely not auditing invoices. Meanwhile, your competition, if they don't have the team, they can be using managed transportation sure. services, a place like I used to work, Freight Plus, that would look over all that stuff, and you'd be amazed at how much they would uncover in these charges. Yeah, and would advise you, you and give you reports. Would you agree with that? And Mary, if you yeah. are doing, if you haven't done LTL, if you've, you're already doing LTL, you haven't audited, make sure you're doing that. Talk to managed trans. And if you're getting new into it, Start early, right? It's, Get ahead of it early. Yeah, like literally, if you want to just start and see what you can do, pick, take your smallest customer and your smallest carrier pairing and start there. Just start on your smallest customer who might only have one or two shipments a week. Start there, make sure that it's billing correctly. I can't even tell you, there was supposed to be a new pricing contract into place and we only caught it because every single invoice for that carrier failed. It took us three to six months just to get that carrier to update that pricing on their side. It was a whole ordeal, you know, garbage carriers are garbage carriers, but it took us three to six months to do that. And if we didn't catch that, that shipper was going to overpay 200 invoices a week at a higher rate than what they should have been. And so, because we caught it and refused to pay anything until they corrected it or until they sent us corrected invoices, literally just starting small, is all you need. Cause most of the time someone flubs, flubs a number or something's not input correctly and you need that. And that's, and if your managed transportation provider is not giving you that, then I think it's time to find a new one. You know, Mary, it was, um, it was really easy to find some random Chicago films for, for best film <laughs> set in Chicago. It was a little harder for best movie set in Missouri. Um, the two we found here were child's play three or roadhouse, which do you think is the better film? Um, well, first of all, there is the all-time classic movie play, uh, that happens in St. Louis has nothing to do with transportation other than there's a streetcar in it and it's meet me in St. Louis and it's fantastic. But of those two, I'd have to say roadhouse because okay. like you oh, were yeah. saying earlier, child's play three is a, is a third and roadhouse is well. Yeah, it's original. original. It's Roadhouse. I don't it's know how you epic. beat it. <laughs> it <laughs> might tough. be the best one in Chicago as well. Yeah. Well, Mary, th <laughs> thank you, Mary. Thank you so much for your time today. Go check out Check Call. It's both a newsletter and an audio podcast and a Freight Waves TV show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mary. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks. Take care. All right, what's going on here? All right, you still got that owl harassing you? In well, he's not harassing, the... but yeah, he's around. He hasn't harassed me in about a year. Yeah. But I, I found a feather, so I think he's well, getting gearing up for the fall season. Be careful. Take a look at this guy yeah. right here. This fox right here. Uh, apparently, this rabbit fox. Look here. Look, he's just sneaking up on this lady. He's lying in wait. Oh. She's just chilling out. Look, oh, what a beautiful day it is. Ow. And he's got her right by the ankles. She's a retired okay. nurse, and she said she thought she was going to be eaten alive. That's her own words. In broad daylight in her front yard. Can you believe that? Broad daylight. He didn't even wait until night to launch this attack. It is You're unbelievable. You're not even safe in your I mean, front yard during the day. And this thing just keeps coming. She's kicking that thing and throwing him and slamming him on the cement. And, wow, there was a nice whack to the face. 61-year-old lady. She said that Sherry Russo right there, she said it was a crazed mammal and she had to shake it free. 
As you see, she did. Um, I believe that she has made a full recovery after this. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Man. Unbelievable. So, you know, it, I mean, that's just one thing. Here's another yeah. piece of evidence that animals are trying to take back the planet. Look at what these turkeys oh, no. did. Check out this stuff here, oh. right? So led by, a, uh, led by a rooster, actually. According to Mission City Record, a Shushwap man was seriously injured after being attacked by a rooster and turkeys. So they called the Chase RCMP, and they went to check on this guy in Solista to see if he was okay at home. And what they found was he had... Uh, been attacked by angry uh, turkeys led by a a rooster. He had two broken hips, a broken finger, and multiple lacerations. Uh, and the police said that the uh, the uh, fowl uh, in question are being sentenced to death. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a death penalty for their crime. Yeah. Sergeant Barry Kennedy yeah. from the police said so they'll probably be served up. This Thanksgiving. Now, that yeah. was in Canada. Don't let that make you put your guard down if you are a listener here in the USA, though. Like, no. For example, in Massachusetts, you see those turkeys? That ugly animal is our state bird, okay? And I've had more than a few encounters with turkeys. They're, they just walk around. They actually call them a murder, don't they? Yeah, oh, they, well, uh, yeah, well, I know a crow is a, mur a murder of crow. They call it a rafter. It's a rafter of turkeys. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Did you I know call it a, I call it a gang of thugs. They sleep up in the trees. Yeah, and then they jump on you. They're like the predator. You, like, you think they're worse than Canadian geese? Canadian geese are pretty vicious. I don't know, but if you were out there trying to tap a maple tree, right? Yeah. You might encounter some Canadian geese, but not if you go and you're Mrs. <laughs> Butterworth and you try and tap the fruity pebble tree. Then you just end up with this. What do you think of fruity pebble syrup on your waffles? There you go. Fruity pebble flavored, uh, what is this? Fructose, high fructose corn syrup. I don't there. think it contains any maple. <laughs> no, and probably no fruity pebbles either. Three ninety nine. I'm passing, dude. All right, I'm passing. I'm going for the real stuff. I like the real maple syrup, the absolute best. All right, let's take a look at this guy right here. Let's take a look at this bold move. Now, you're an expert on this. You got a ticket last week for driving yeah. too fast. <laughs> Would you pull a maneuver like this? You can see right here. They're sitting at a stoplight, right? It is still yes. red, and that yes. white car just takes off in front of two bike cops. <laughs> It even takes them a minute to react. They're like, what? like, why did you do that? What the hell is this? He's like, really? Okay. So I have personal experience with this. I actually did this in Cleveland, Ohio with my buddies. We were going downtown to the Flats, which is a big nightclub area in Cleveland. And I looked. It was a no right turn, but it was going to the right. I looked. I saw the cop. I looked him right in the face, and I took a right turn anyways. And he pulled me over and asked me why, and I said, general stupidity, and he let me go. General stupidity. That was that, my that was my defense rank. was general stupidity. That was your rank in the army too. <laughs> hey, let's see. Wait, look, before we let you guys go home today, we got a cool video here. It is a sleeper in a box truck. Can you roll the tape? All right, I want to do a follow-up video for people that really didn't understand what was happening. Okay, so look right through here, you can see the connection. Okay, so you know they they cut through an opening, made a connection. So you, it's all through the, the cab, you know. So you go through the cab, you know what I'm saying? As soon as you walk through the cab, pick. there you go, there Ooh, you go. The what? Alright. So this is how I look right here, you know what I'm saying? Now you just climb the back. I like the print. So now from the back, everything is connected uh power wise like is from uh this little amplifier. I believe it's called a power inverter. Y'all can find it on Amazon, you know what I'm saying? An it's inverter. not that expensive. I miss a good you know, this is, uh, you know, 3,000 watt. Uh, it's not 3, too expensive. And then you just, you know, uh, and then from there, you see, that's where these lights came on, you know. So what he do is he always, um, you know, at the end of the day, the he's out of his truck, yeah. he always turn that off. Right. 
So I turned on the microwave for y'all just so y'all can see, you know, that works Do it empty, man. You know what I'm saying? Why? all that works. I'm not supposed to do that empty. Really? Yeah, it'll ruin the... I'm gonna hook his curtain up so y'all can see what it looks like. you're supposed to put metal black it out and trying to sleep. Can't do that either. All right, so where is this guy going in this box truck that he's got to stay overnight all the time? Just giving an idea on how... I would do it. You know, he probably has a better technique where he can fully black it out. You know, I don't have a truck like this. This is just a way for me to show y'all an idea on, on you know, how I would do it. So, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Not, not bad. I haven't seen a uh, sleeper in a box truck. Not sure the need, but um, they need it right here. Okay. Odds makers have Notre Dame, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, and then Alabama at number one. What do you think of that top five rank? Uh, pretty accurate. Pretty accurate? Yeah, except for Notre Dame. Alabama, that's 10.5. I don't like it, but I have to accept it. At Timothy Dooner on the Twitter, at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger and tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.